The Bible tells us in Genesis 2 that God designed marriage as a beautiful union between a man and a woman who become one flesh. But what's going to happen in this brave new world we're creating where we ignore that biblical design and treat children as a made-to-order commercialized product? We're going to tackle that and more today. Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, with our president, Victoria Cobb. Well, the good news is it's exciting that we've got new staff coming on board, which we'll be sharing about later, you know, to help us grow our grassroots and some new pastor initiatives. But the bad news is we've basically been playing, I guess, musical chairs with our desk to try to fit everybody in this 200-year-old building. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. We have this amazing building with really square footage-wise tons of space, but the way the space is used because it's historical is in interesting ways. And so, yeah, we had to, um, I had to break the news. I felt like the Grim Reaper telling people, oh, by the way, this lovely office you have, we're about to turn it into two people's offices, or you're going to move from one floor you love with people you're used to talking to (laughs) down to another floor. And actually, the thing that was running through my mind was when we moved into this building, it was a kind of unbelievable experience. We hired this moving company, but I will just tell you, they did not estimate it correctly. And I think it's because they didn't realize there's all these stairs, there's no elevators. So everything takes a long time and they didn't bring us enough movers. I'm just going to tell you that that story, um, I was having flashbacks because several of us and, and women, not even really the guys weren't really around. It was really the women were at three in the morning helping, physically helping the movers <laughs> take furniture up and down three floors of stairs. And I'm envisioning as we're talking about moving people around right now, please don't make those big heavy desks have to, you know, just the people, not the furniture, please, because I was having like, you know, almost like I could feel the pain, you know, the physical yeah. pain of doing this again. So, ah. yeah, Vic. Victoria was trying to nicely say to me, well, I don't know if you really, you know, if your furniture needs to move. (laughs) That's about how I said it because I'm thinking, oh, I've done this and I know that the desks are heavy. I I caught Todd in Josh's office with a measuring tape. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody, I feel bad because somebody, you know, like Todd has this larger, beautiful office with, I mean, his wife decorates it with him and it's it's literally the most beautiful. Department store level Christmas decorations. Yeah. And, and he is unfortunately having to go into a much smaller space and he's not going to have. So we're, we're literally talking about where's that lovely Christmas tree going to go? All right. Well, I'm going to dive right in here. Victoria, we've been hearing a lot in the news lately, the last few weeks, about this ironically titled Protect Marriage Act being pushed through Congress, which actually, if implemented, would destroy marriage by making it meaningless. But essentially, this bill would enshrine same-sex marriage into our federal law. And the thing that's really been disturbing to me is that it actually has a chance of passing and going to President Biden's desk. And that seems to be because there are so many squishy, squashy Republicans, I'm sorry to have to say that, but let's just put it out there, who are willing to vote for it. What's going on with that? Yeah, this whole thing started because left-wing politicians are, again, we talked about this in another episode of the show, like they're looking for things to grab onto to make a big issue with their base, to galvanize them for the voting they want in November. So so they saw something, and I'll, I'll share what that was. They saw, laden in the decision that we got on Dobbs, there was a comment that Supreme Court Justice Thomas made, not in the majority, this was not, everybody agreed with it, but he made a comment that said, look, I don't really think this substantive 
the due process, the way we've been looking at it is right. And yes, that would have impact if everybody agreed with that and agreed with that comment, it would have impact on the marriage issue. But the Supreme Court justices were perfectly clear that they actually aren't taking this any further than the Dobbs. I mean, they could not have been any clearer that they weren't on board with that comment. And yet they're using that in this moment to create a fake issue. This is not an issue, but they're going to create this fake issue in order to galvanize their base nationwide, ever, you know, and, and basically try to codify what right now is really resting only with the Supreme Court Obergefell decision. That's how we got same-sex marriage across the country in the first place. Okay, well, if this is such a sham issue, why in the world do we see nearly 50 Republicans voting in favor of this bill in the U.S. House, especially when their own party platform, at least the last time I checked, hopefully it's still in there, states that marriage is defined as between one man and one woman, and that this definition is the foundation for a free society, quote, entrusted with rearing children. We have a major problem, and it really does say something about our culture right now if conservative congressmen can't even get on board and stick on this issue. What it really kind of fundamentally says is that we have so separated the idea of marriage with children that we have made everything about adult wishes and are not understanding the fundamental nature of a family and how vitally important that is to everything in our society. And so we, I've got a lot of education that we're going to have to do and continue to do with our own congressmen that seem like they're conservative on lots of other issues to say, no, children need a mom and a dad. And we have got to continue to support policies that hold this up as the ideal. Yeah, and it's really been just a few years that we got away from that idea because I think before Obergefell happened, the majority of states were really standing for traditional or man-woman marriage. And now we see culturally people moving away, you know, deviating from that. So it's... And the really scary thing is, I mean, this has moved through the House and we're really, they only need to pick up basically 10 Republicans in the U.S. Senate to pass it through the Senate. And I hate to say it, you had 49 House congressmen that are Republican that voted for this thing. Imagine, is it is it inconceivable to get 10 Republicans? I think they know they're close to being able to do this. And so we've really, we've really got to, I mean, there's urgency around helping our legislators understand the value of marriage. And that's what really scares me, because you're talking about introducing a whole new level of threats to religious freedom. Oh, without a doubt. And actually, the Family Foundation, we, we joined this letter to with a bunch of other groups. Alliance Defending Freedom was one of them. And the point of it was to make very clear, and it was addressed to Senator Mitch McConnell, um, to try to explain to him, he's the minority leader in the Senate, so you're trying to hold the Republicans together. And we kind of, in that letter with all these groups, laid out a lot of the reasons about why this is bad, not just for the exact marriage issue, but for religious freedom, which you're, what you're pointing out right now. Yeah, and I saw this letter cited in the media as one of the reasons why maybe the Senate took the foot off the gas pedal just a little bit, but it's still in play. So let's talk a little bit more about the threat that that letter explained. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing that it explained is that what what the bill does if it becomes law is the language basically says that it would require federal recognition of any 
particular states, one whatever their definition of marriage is, the federal government would recognize it with no parameters. So it it basically means that if a state decided to recognize not just same-sex marriage, which you know everybody's sort of abiding in that world after a burger fell, but if they decided we're going to have throuples, as they call them, you know, more than two, and we're going to call that a marriage, the federal government would have to recognize that. So help people understand how that affects them where they are, because they might hear us talking and go, okay, so there's a federal law um, coming out of the, the national capital. How does that really affect me every day? Well, I think people need to look at this issue in light of how they look at Dobbs, and I hope I can make this as clear for people to understand, but Dobbs reversed the Roe abortion decision, and a lot of states... The only reason they weren't banning abortion was because of the decision of Roe, a court decision. They had laws on the books that said, we don't believe in abortion, but there was a court decision blocking them from being able to implement them. That is the same across the country with marriage. Virginia has in our constitution that we believe in one man and one woman. The only reason that is not enforced in Virginia is because we have a court decision of Burgafell. Now, again, I see no likelihood that any of that is going to reverse any day soon. So to our point, it's a fake issue. There's no urgency with this. They've got what they want right now, which is same-sex marriage. But people need to understand, you put federal, you start putting a federal law in, that's a whole different ballgame because that's done the correct way. That is the will of the people expressed through their legislators creating a law. And so that becomes a very uh, influential thing in every single aspect of religious freedom and how marriage is defined and everything that's connected to that. Thanks for joining us for Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. If you're enjoying the show, help us encourage others to speak up by giving us a five-star review and sharing it with friends. Thanks for listening. And even in the more immediate term, once this is put even more than in a Supreme Court decision, but brought down into uh, federal law, then you have an immediate threat to religious freedoms on a day-to-day basis, even more beyond what we are now dealing with. Talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the cases like the florist and the baker and the folks that say it's my faith objection to participate, to celebrate, to have to have my business engage in a marriage. We've seen those happen, and that would just increase. That would just expand. And, you know, one of the things that we, we talked about in the letter, actually, was The idea that this would allow the IRS, right, federal law, federal entity, the IRS could then rely on this declaration, this this thing that they've passed in Congress, to go further and say that organizations who stick to traditional marriage, who believe in traditional marriage, who do things like the Family Foundation, where we actually, you know, put forward policies related to traditional marriage, that we could um, lose our tax-exempt status, for example, because we're in violation or you know, we don't agree with this federal law. Do you think that could eventually be, you know, extended to churches? Well, that's the thing. If it's the Family Foundation, if you have a church that's standing on biblical truth, there's no reason it wouldn't be a church also. And so we've we've really got to begin to understand that this this shifts the landscape. And uh, there was somebody who put it really well, and they just said sexual freedom and religious freedom are an, are an inevitable clash. You can't you can't easily have the level of sexual freedom they want and still still really allow people to have their values and their beliefs about this. And that's kind of the direction they're going is to say sexual freedom should trump religious freedom. And those of us that object, be quiet, step down, step out, stop doing what you're doing. 
Right, and we shared last week how we're already getting canceled out at the Family Foundation. We're already getting canceled out with our database. Right. So that's just the beginning of a, something like this passes, a federal law. Well, let's focus on Virginia for a moment. Help us understand where things stand in our state with protection of marriage. Well, yeah, we saw this past two sessions, there's been an effort to repeal our marriage amendment and replace it with something else. And we've talked about this on the show before, but what they wanted to replace it with was a unbelievably broad definition that the state would recognize any marriage from any other state. And so it wasn't just we're going to say we allow same-sex marriage, which would be bad enough. It was, and oh, by the way, if California does throuples, they'll be valid here in Virginia. So we got we got a, a pretaste of what they want to do here. We were able to stop it for now, um, but we know that's the direction folks want to go from the liberal side of Virginia. Yeah, and that's a really good illustration how if this became federal law, it will affect us, and we don't even need to change it here in Virginia. So, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I hate to do this, but I think about how many of the moms that I know that at very young ages are trying to explain to their kids why their friend has two moms and two. Imagine, okay, well, they have three. And they have, I mean, just like yeah. we have, are blowing up the understanding of what a family is. And it's really impacting what our kids know they need. They, they need a mom and a dad. So what can people do who are concerned about this? Well, again, we're going to still face these challenges about repealing and replacing our Virginia Marriage Amendment. And so people need to be right on top of connecting to the Family Foundation when those efforts move forward. They need to be speaking to their legislator to block those kind of changes. So if you are not already signed up for our alerts, make sure you get plugged in at familyfoundation.org. Well, it's that time again. Time for our Inconceivable Moments Award. This is where we're featuring examples of the absolute lunacy and craziness that happens when cultural leaders try to give guidance completely apart from biblical principles. And we're calling this the Liberals' Most Inconceivable Moments Award. Inconceivable! Well, in keeping with our discussion on the foundations of the family being destroyed, we've got a case out of California that definitely deserves some special commentary because it perfectly illustrates what happens when you do what Victoria was talking about. You start building the definition of marriage and family around adult desires and wants rather than what kids need. Yeah, so this case involves two gay men who the state of California recognizes as married, and they decided they wanted to become parents. So they find a surrogate and hire a fertility clinic. But they have one important stipulation about the baby. It has to be a boy. Yeah, I just have to read this news clip from a CBS station. It says that these two men, quote, dreamed of having two children, both sons. Before they were wed, the couple chose first and middle names for their future sons. And then the article explains how they created Gmail accounts for their future offspring with their first and last names. You know, this is all according to the lawsuit. And it says throughout the process, the couple was explicit that they only wanted male embryos transferred to their surrogate. So that's all to say, basically, they are suing now because something went wrong and they got a female. But here's my big question in this whole thing. If you are really following all this LGBTQ dogma, how do they know it's a girl if the baby hasn't declared its gender identity yet? I mean, if we really believe this whole stuff about that, you know, it's it's assigned at birth instead of gender being a God-given thing, then what are what are they 
all worried about. The baby could still decide to be a boy later. Yeah, and I mean, that's, oh, there's so many things to say about this. But the, And then the fact that they created these Gmail accounts ahead of time for their male children, which just... Honestly, it reveals how much they want to micromanage this process. But I think the bigger thing is it just shows the godlessness of our nation because these people clearly believe they're God and they can make this happen. They absolutely think they're in control of fertility. The whole reproductive yes, process. Which how is a baby been. is designed. I mean, every family knows that you have thoughts and dreams and God orders those steps. That's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, but at least, I mean, in a backhanded way, the lawsuit actually acknowledges biology. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I do appreciate that. But also, this gets to the heart of why it's just about the commercialization of children. And that we fought that in Virginia with the surrogacy bill. And we have terrible laws in Virginia that basically allow people to go out and create designer babies. And that's what they're saying. We tried to create a designer baby. You messed up. And now I don't have, but but take that to any level. We want a baby with blue eyes. We want a baby with blonde hair. We want a baby with, you know, if we are going to be able to pick and choose the traits of our children, and unfortunately technology and science are getting us to that place, but we don't have the understanding of the value of every human life, this is going, this is a recipe for disaster. And I think that this does really illustrate the chaos we create when we try to ignore the beauty and the purpose of God's design for the family, as you were saying. But it is kind of sobering to think about this little girl because apparently they're keeping the girl baby who is one day going to learn that they sued, you know, because um, they didn't get the right design or, you know, like you were saying. So I don't know how that's going to impact her. Can you imagine how loved you'd feel if you knew your parents? I mean, you hear of that sometimes, but this is the extreme case of my parents Mm -hmm. so much wanted a baby boy that they sued for not getting one. I her self-esteem. So we just hope she has to find Jesus because he's going to have to root that child. Yeah. That's why I don't really have the heart to give an inconceivable award this time, because the whole thing just makes you really sad. But I do think, as I was saying, it is a perfect illustration of the observed brave new world that we are creating for ourselves here. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time. And don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together.